0: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm joined by James McKenzie and Liam Carrigan for the Axon Bulletin. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you keeping?
4: Doing good.
5: Good, a wee bit green round the gills, you could say. That. Well, well, Liam, <laughs> um, you did get some amount of stick
3: for your choice of attire on Sunday's match day shows. Um, it filtered its way into the Facebook group. I don't know if you're aware of that. And the discussion continued for about 24 hours. you want to explain yourself again?
5: Yeah. (laughs) Look, it was the goalkeeper shirt from escape to victory, right? Correct, yeah. The the original hand scalpers. So, yeah, you know. They were. They were, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now... Well, mind, so I, don't, I don't know where this narrative that I've somehow, that it was something to do with Rangers has come from, but there you go. There you go, indeed. There you are. Yeah, there's a picture of Pelly in that game
3: with the Nazi flags behind him, isn't there? Um, who else played? John Wark,
5: was yeah That photo was off to a cum caption. Mind that time Pelly played at Ibrox? Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen, I'll tell you what, yeah, we've started
3: off well. We've started off well. Who else played in that game? <laughs>
5: John Wark I remember Bobby Moore that's right how could I forget Bobby Moore oh who else was there was Mike Summer
0: in it mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet COX is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on COX analysis of OOKLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and COX serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This
1: week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in
6: on building trust.
3: Mm. Not quite the lineup that we later saw in the film A Shot at Glory, uh, which had players such as Andy <laughs> Smith and Didier Agat lining up, um, where Robert Duvall is the gaffer. Brilliant. One of JP's favourite films, that, by the way. James, has this all gone over your head, mate? Sorry. Uh, it's completely gone over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly, uh, look I mean, it up. I don't yeah, know if it's, it's on Netflix. On I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, but look both films up Escape to Victory. Shot at Glory. Shot at Glory uh, does feature, here's a, a wee spoiler warning alert, Alan McCoy's wearing a Celtic strip. So there you go. He's outdone you, Liam. He's absolutely outdone you. Um, I think this is the second time this season alone that we've ran with a similar headline why Ange won't be ready to leave Celtic for the EPL. It's all a bit predictable, isn't it, James, that every time a job becomes available, they're starting to tout Ange Postecoglou. Down south. What's your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I've always found it strange how the headliners and Postacoglu linked with this job or that job. But yeah, if if you click on the article and you look at the sort of rank, the sort of leads managerial options in order, Ange is always about fourth or fifth in likelihood down there. And if you look at the odds, he's not up there at the top. So it's just try. Put some paranoia into fans. That Celtic in a good place right now. We've got a good thing going. Yeah, momentum building. Haven't lost, and God knows how long. It's just something that's trying to throw us sort of off course a bit. And I can't see Ange leaving for Leeds or sort of a job in that similar mould down at the bottom of the Premier League.
3: No, you're absolutely right. Now, just as you were saying that, I'm having a look through the comments. One of our Regular contributors, Jungle Lion. Um, One day we will do an Axon Bulletin from his uh, man shed, which is very impressive. Talking impressive, Lawrence Cornley is just about to join us as well. But Jungle Lion says, And just turned them all full circle now. At the beginning, they laughed and ridiculed him. Out by Christmas. Now every one of them want him gone for one reason only. He's bloody good at his job. And I think in a nutshell, James, that's it. I'm going to come to you, uh, Liam, just before... um, I do that, I'm going to bring in the big fella, uh, Lawrence, whose Christmas tree became a permanent fixture and point of discussion. Lawrence Conley never fails to appear on Axon without wearing green and white. How are you doing, Lawrence? I'm doing well.
7: I'm glad that Liam's changed his sartorial approach to the show.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. this is going to run on, run and run. And run. Now, um, Lawrence, we we're just talking there about the fact that, once again, And has been linked to a job down south. I'm going to ask you, Liam, because there's a few things that come to you for specialist knowledge, and one, of course, is your knowledge of Japanese football, and we're going to come back to that later. Um, but talk me through a scenario you going in and working, let's say, for um, a tabloid newspaper and mm. this story becoming the story of the day – how does that develop? What's the attitude uh, and what it really is the motivation? I think Jungle Lion has said what a lot of us are thinking.
5: Um, well, there is clearly a, an active agenda to try and destabilise Celtic every opportunity, um, especially from the Sun and the Daily Record. Um, I'll name names because that, that's the papers that everybody knows we're talking about. Um, and uh, the uh, besides, I don't think libel laws extend to Japan, so I'm good. You're right. Uh, the <laughs> um the uh the the, the thing is that the the these papers need viewership and the stupid thing is on one hand yes that panders because it tells Rangers fans and fans of teams that don't like Celtic what they want to hear. And that oh, their manager could be fully off. Uh but on the other hand there are Um, a significant number of Celtic fans who still buy these rags to kind of rage-read them, I would say, Um, just to read them and have something to get angry about over their morning coffee, which I really just don't... don't, I've never understood that philosophy, Um, the idea of getting angry over pointless things like that. Mm -hmm. But that that sells newspapers, and even though it's an ever-declining number of newspapers that they're selling, um, as fan media such as us emerge to take that, take the place of the traditional um, sports journalists I really do think that uh, they're, they're, they're going to keep flogging that dead horse until it's run right into the ground um, Also, from, a, from an English point of view it's interesting how uh, we're a pub until one of their teams needs a manager, aren't we? I know, that's,
3: that's spot on uh, I, I think it's interesting what you say there about newspapers uh, I don't know when the last time was that I bought a newspaper. I might have bought the local uh, Dunferman Press at some point for some reason, like a nephew's appeared in it or something. But in terms of newspapers, they're long gone. In my mind, they're now obviously trying to catch up on the the digital age um, of fan media, alternative media, blogging, all that kind of thing. Um, But there are, as Liam says, Lawrence, there are plenty of people out there who still go and buy their, their morning paper. You see them. Um, probably retired, probably kind of my dad's generation and it's still part of their day. They go and get their paper, have their uh, rolling egg in the morning whilst they're reading it. And um, there is an element where it is gospel if, if it's printed in the press. Um, but we've got a few points here. Pete McGee comes in, time to stop the paranoia and is going nowhere. Um, yeah, totally. And Joe Hamilton, and just go nowhere, a big problem for our rivals in the media and across the city. It's a big problem, Lawrence, and a narrative has been spun.
7: Would you agree? Yeah, but listen, you, you've got to watch what you mind you, you know, is that really what you want to be educating yourself with? The, the record of the sun, have some aspirations. You know, it's garbage that they're going to print. You know, it's going to be pro Rangers anti Celtic. I, I don't see the benefit of buying anything like that. It's, Angel leave one day. We wouldn't have thought it'd be this soon. You know, teams will be interested in them, but uh, the level of chatting the papers is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not about And oh, I can't even remember how long. It's just you. You can predict the back page. You know, some Celtic players are a diver, a cheat. You know, I'm just going to leave. Oh disaster perspective, oh, Rangers are going to sign Ronaldo, maybe Messi this
3: year, who knows, hopper pitch, monorail. We've seen it all, That's Lawrence, haven't we? have seen it all. And <clears throat> the frustration for me, um, working on certain projects where I've had to do archive research, and Liam, I'm sure you'll have done this yourself, it's um, you look at the actual use of newspaper archives, they're phenomenal resources, they're absolutely brilliant resources, and it's a shame that you know, when you're looking back to some of the incredible journalists that have worked on our national titles, um, that it's come to this and it's come to, uh, you know, just for me, it's propaganda. Um, the what? only thing I miss about newspapers is uh, Urwili and, and the Bruins. Uh, that's the only thing I miss from the, the printed press. Bobby Moore, um, Mo Sislak is reminding us, yeah, Bobby Moore also had his testimonial against Celtic when it was the thing. Yeah, everybody wanted to play Celtic. Jack Charlton, Bobby Charlton. Uh, Bobby Moore, they all wanted to to play Celtic back in the day, um, and let's have a wee look though. That if that's the way, there's a, a press narrative around Ange Um I think we can link that in also to um, the, the story that that has broken over the last twenty four hours or so in relation to Manchester City and their use of um, or their abuse of the financials uh, down south, and the way that that's been reported versus the way it was reported in Scottish football uh, in relation to uh, points deduction, stripping titles and all that kind of stuff. I find that extremely interesting, Liam, um, the way that uh, the Man City uh, coverage has been
5: presented compared to a scenario uh, 11 years ago. Well, there's a couple of facets to this Man Man City thing. The first thing I'm going to say, which I'm sure everybody will agree with here, is that, yeah, um, any... Rangers fans who are saying, you know, turf them out the league, whatever. It's like, guys, look in the mirror. You know, they're, they're <laughs> um, Man City's crimes are pretty much the same as Rangers did. The difference is that Man City only did it for about 10 years, whereas Rangers have done it upwards of 15 years before they finally went bankrupt. Um, and that's, you know, that's a matter of documented record. Um, that, that, You know, that, that can be proven. And this... I don't see the, the English FA going in for a mysterious five-way agreement to try and bury all this in six months' time, you know. Um, but one thing I will say, which might not be universally popular, but it is something I've observed, is that, again, particularly with the tabloids, because um, I do have to read them in the con- in the context of research for seeing what people are saying about Celtic, whatever, um, I think there's a certain degree of Islamophobia in this because they cannot wait to get ripped into the Arab owners of Man City. Uh, yet they don't seem to go after Chelsea with anything like the same vigour when Chelsea have been throwing around even more money than Man City have, despite the fact they obviously cannot afford it, and they still owe their former owner upwards of £200 million. Mm. Um, So I think there's, there's competing narratives here. Yes, it is complete. Um, stonewalling ignorance from the, the Scottish media that they're not even contrasting it to the Rangers situation or even highlighting the fact that Rangers did something similar and got away with it um, but there's also the fact that I do think there's a hell of a lot of people in, in the British press not just the Scottish press who could not wait to get ripped into one of these Arab teams for their own nefarious reasons
3: it's an interesting point
5: that uh, Liam, and
3: certainly when you talk about Chelsea and, and the level of investment they've been making again, and when it comes to uh, the narrative, James, it's something that you're going to have to get used to in your walk of life. You know, false narratives, etc. But I, I do think that all this time later, it's still just lazy when someone like Richard Keys talks about Rangers being relegated. I mean, as Liam says, everything's a matter yeah, of fact. We're not going to get to exactly. Yeah. Exactly and this is a matter of fact Lawrence it's not as though we we are paranoid and we're coming up with this this false narrative they were not relegated and it's frustrating that when someone has a platform they, they don't use it properly James but uh, in terms of Man City and, and what might happen to them yeah, English football fan yourself I think if you keep an eye on English football, what do you think the ramifications are going to be?
4: I'm not too sure it could range sort of really wide, because I remember UEFA were investigating Man City a few years ago The Man City were going to be banned from the Champions League for two seasons, and they rocked up to Paris with a team of lawyers like you've never seen before, and completely wiped the floor with UEFA. Well, a sort of similar situation happened here. I think UEFA are probably more likely to let Man City away with it than the Premier League would. I could see the Premier League coming down a bit harder on Manchester City, but I've just got a feeling that's gonna the punishments aren't going to be as strict as many people think. I'm no financial expert, but the fact that I've seen Man City get away with it before with a bit more of a corrupt organisation in the Premier League, we'll just need to see how it ends up. I think it was 100 breaches since 2009. Mm. So that's a lot of breaches and a lot of trophies won in that time as well with yeah. these big money signings. It's... It's something to keep an eye on over the next few months, see how it sort of transpires. Will it be a points deduction like Juventus got? Because recently Juventus got deducted 15 points. It could be a points deduction, it could be a massive fine or slap on the wrist, which wouldn't be enough for a punishment. We'll just, we'll need to wait and see.
3: It'll be interesting though, Lawrence, if it's a stripping of the title scenario and Brendan Rodgers is finally given that title that he would have won for Liverpool, because he will want presented with the trophy, I
7: think, won't he? indeed (laughs) he'll go and get his old Uh, But listen Man City Billy when he was the manager that's probably the only thing I know that and it Jerry Cranie Cranie. Jerry played with him Cranie did as well yeah Portsmouth as as well Man City but listen the Scottish press won't be able to comment on it the sports guys because you know it's financial stuff I seem to believe that's the get out stuff from a few years back can't comment it's all financial we don't understand it everybody knows the truth everybody knows the truth (laughs)
3: The thing is, I I still refer to and enjoy the award-winning Rangers Tax Case uh, blog and uh, Twitter page. I think that, you know, they just state facts. It's just, you know, here's the facts. You can't argue with them. Um, We will, of course, talk about the football. I'm going to come to you, Liam, because um, some comments coming in. Aussie, Aussie Ardila, Speech Boys, yes. see This is Escape to Victory. Uh, (laughs) Lawrence will remember it. John Wark. His brother played for Motherwell, didn't he, John Work? Um, I can't remember Jesper Olsen, but Kevin Ferrier reckons Jesper Olsen um, when he went to uh, when he played for Ajax rather. Uh, Lawrence Danny McGrain reckons it was one of his toughest opponents, doesn't he?
7: In one of the games, not so much the second game, but uh, yeah, that Danny reckons uh, Jesper get his move because he he, he skinned him uh, relentlessly in the first game, and uh, he used some tips from Tommy Gamble in the second game to keep him
3: at bay yeah tips you wouldn't associate with Danny normally but it did involve Jesper Olsen's ankle now Liam you're getting stick for wearing that top. Can you believe it? Someone's saying it's too loud. For God's sake. Honestly. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there was people on Facebook saying we need to have a dress code. Axon, come off it. It's
5: a Mortal Kombat hoodie. What if we get angry Street Fighter and Tekken fans in the comments now? What the- <laughs> exactly. Exactly, <laughs> Liam. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's,
3: it's green, it's got green in it It's green,
5: simple,
3: <laughs> simple as that oh, um, the door. Um, you, and I, you and I, Liam, have yeah. spoken quite a bit about Idiguchi Because we had hopes for Idiguchi, didn't we? Mm. You know the player that he was I remember when he was signed It oh, was yeah. called at the time quite low risk But confirmation from the club today That he is indeed coming back to Japan It's a one-year loan deal Talk us through the type of team he's signing for And how you see that move happening for Idiguchi uh,
5: Right, Abispa Fukuoka are a mid-table team um, with aspirations to do better. So the pressure will be off him in the sense that he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to have the cameras in his face every week. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as I said the other day, the quite high-profile signing of Shinji Kagawa for Sabeso Osaka. Um, And, you know, any of the other players that are kind of looking at breaking into the Japan national team this year. You know, Ida Gucci has I think that ship has sailed for him, unfortunately. Um so he's just gonna go there, focus on his football. He will play for them almost every week because like I say, they're a mid table team. They're not a particularly exciting team, but it's a team that Gucci can walk into and probably do a good job for. And I really hope he does. Um and you know, it is only a loan. So there is still the prospect that if he goes there and really lights it up. Who knows? There might be a way back in a year's time.
3: Well, we've spoken about that. We have because you know there's no doubt in the quality and of all the Japanese players that uh, Ange would have known about. You know, he did pick him. Um, he was always going to be in the shadow when you look at the way the other three players that January performed. Um, but he's been on. Un- you know, he's been unlucky. He's been unlucky with injuries. Um, but I think when you're looking at us, kind of stripping away. Um, some of the, the players who are not contributing, that can only be a good thing get the games in in the legs um, some interesting comments over the the last few days Liam about Japanese football, the quality uh, Japanese football against the quality of Scottish football and I guess the best person to ask is yourself you've, you've been brought up on a diet of Scottish football, you now are a resident expert if you like um, not only for ourselves but for Celtic down under um, which is your full-time home and I think it would be on the right for you to give us your take on that that kind of view that uh, you know Japanese football could be deemed even better than Scottish football is that something you would
5: subscribe to? Um, it's a tricky one because uh, like you say somebody um, in our group chat shared a, a comment they read about that very subject today and um the, the gist of the, the gist of the comment for the sake of the, the viewers was that basically this guy said he was, a, he was a Japanese football fan who got into following Celtic after we signed our Japanese contingent and um, he basically said that watching Celtic games is not is not a good time for him because the standard of Scottish football is very negative and he thinks that actually it's inferior to the J League now there's a couple of different ways to look at this and whether you agree with that point or not really depends on how you look at these different uh, aspects to it. So first of all, uh, as I, as I mentioned before, I watch probably about the same amount of Japanese football as I do Scottish football in an average week. Mm-hmm. J league is all on the telly here. There's none of this, you know, can't show three o'clock games on the telly nonsense. It's all available on demand so i watch a couple of japanese games a week i watch the celtic game every every time they're playing and i will typically watch um sports scene if i can if i get time to get a hold of it so for the highlights so i get a couple of hours average of both Mm -hmm. both leagues every week now Japanese football, and again, I'm generalising, I'm just using averages here. The average Japanese J-League, J-1, top-flight football match is more entertaining to watch as a neutral than I would imagine, for example, the Celtic St Johnson game was the other day. Um, For the simple reason that it's two teams who are pretty evenly matched. They're going at it. They both want to win the game. They both tend to play open, expansive football. There is nobody, even the worst team in the J-League, would not come to, you know, they wouldn't go to one of the big clubs like Urawa or Yokohama and go on a damage limitation exercise. They would go out there and try and get something from the game. I mean, my local team Yamaga, you know, when 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 Dyson played for them, they were the worst team in the top flight. They, you know, they, they got relegated that season. But. I saw them play Gambo Osaka, I saw them play Urawa Reds, I saw them play Yokohama, and in every game they had a right goal. Um, you know, didn't win any of those games, but they had a goal and it mm. was a good game to watch. So in that sense, yeah, the Japanese product is probably more entertaining than the Scottish product on average, right? Games against Rangers, games in the Champions League, whatever, are always going to be more exciting, especially if you are actually a Celtic fan, right? Um, but even for a neutral, I think, just because of the, the the bite that comes with the, you know, new team, same mutants that follow them. So, you know, Rangers are still Rangers in that sense. The, the fans are still the same fans, even though it's a new club. Um, so that rivalry goes back, you know, more than a century. So there's that history there. J-League was only founded in 1993. So, yeah. you know, we don't have that history here. Um, but... The, uh, the other thing is that te- on a technical level, Japanese players, generally speaking, faster, fitter, and have greater levels of endurance than Scottish players. And I would say probably slightly better close control of the ball. right? But, but tactically very naive. Mm. Um, you see a lot of defensive errors, a lot of players getting caught out of position, uh, particularly defenders. Um, there's a lot of teams in Japan that try to play the kind of wing back formation and it doesn't really work because they're basically taking guys who are wingers and trying to play them as full backs. And, you know, imagine how seldom it would be if they tried to play Dyson at left back because that's kind of the kind of thing that happens quite regularly here. Um And then, goalkeeping, right? Japanese goalkeepers generally are just atrocious. Like really, the standard of goalkeeping, and maybe I'm a bit too sensitive. Because you know, I used to be a goalkeeper myself, um, had a trial at Queen's Park once, you know, but um, that's my claim. They're, they're uh, up and coming side now, Liam. Uh, <laughs> but um, I they, uh, that, was, that was that was that was when I was 16 and probably about 16 stone ago as well, but anyway, um, they uh, you know, the, the goalkeeping standards here are really really poor compared to Scotland, so there's that, so I think. Overall, if you've just got a J-League game on the telly or you've got Hearts against St Mirren on the telly, the J-League game's probably going to be more watchable. Mm -hmm. So from that point of view, I agree with what this guy was saying. However, I think the overall standard of football in Scotland is still slightly better than the J-League. But the J-League is improving all the time. So that gap is closing and that is that is bore out at international level because if you look at it we've not qualified for a world cup since 1998 japan have qualified for every world cup since 1998 now granted the only difficult games they really have are saudi arabia iran korea and uh, australia right you know the other teams are teams that you would expect them to beat but still they've got to go out and do it Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just getting to the World Cup; it's putting on a good show when they get there as well. Absolutely, yeah. And the whole time that they've been doing that, this whole development of Japanese football over the last thirty years, Scottish football has basically stood still since then. Apart from one European Championship, we have done nothing in that whole time period. Um, it's quite concerning, so, yeah.
3: Yeah, it, yeah. No, it is. And as I say, Liam, who better to ask than yourself? Because you do have an interest, a very close association with both. Uh, national uh, games and you know it, it frustrates me a wee bit when other nations are able to get their house in order and progress over a period of time uh, whereas you know there's a lot of short termism in Scottish football uh, we simply are not progressing over the piece as, as you described there. Um, with regards to uh Queen's Park trial James did you ever
4: get a trial for a senior club son? No chance I've got two left feet. <laughs> I'll never get a trial what about yourself you i know, have you ever been on trial there's a better
7: question <laughs>
4: yeah potentially no, no,
7: no, no trials for me but you know, you know just what Liam's saying there you know if you're a neutral watching a Japanese game at the weekend or oh, the Celtics and Johnson game a Japanese game is going to be more interesting I watched the Celtics and Johnston game as a neutral and I found the, the, the Celtic game more interesting as a neutral when did you do that just there I did- it a neutral you watch it as a n- Come on. Mate, if John Beaton and Cole can referee the games as neutrals, I can surely watch them as a neutral.
3: Exactly. Your point has been made, Lawrence Connolly. Your point has been made loud and clear. Um, that's for sure. Now, Rob Lilly, so amusing listening to Ange to Leeds, Ange to West Ham, Ange to Liverpool, Ange to anywhere in a slightly high pitched, panicky voice. is going gone nowhere. We've had some really good discussions Um, I'll come to yourself first, James about just what Ange has done here It's not just about coming in um, identifying players that uh, had to buy, bring them in, etc. and buy and be lucky with the fact that he's got all this money He's implemented so much more um, at this football club and we talk about things like um, you know, improving or instilling a, a new culture at the football club and sometimes these things are used almost cliched uh, what does that even mean um, and I think that we, we had a really good discussion the other day there about the, the difference between this football club now um, you've always got a link as a supporter but you know, I just felt that it got to that point in the final season where everything was going wrong where the fan base and the club that there was there was a real issue there um, not just communication uh, they just didn't want to know what we were trying to to put across that's all been broken down, he's broken down a lot of barriers and it puts me in mind of some of these great managers in the past James, who not only managed the loving guys on the football park, they managed the football club and I think Andrew's got that in abundance at Celtic
4: Yeah, that's why he's getting linked to all these Premier League teams that are sort of, in disarray, they're in need of a culture shift and they're in need of a new direction. That's why I think Charlie Nicholas made the point last night that if there was a destination for Ange for him to leave, Liverpool would perhaps be the place that he would go. I don't see him leaving, as I said earlier, for Leeds United. I don't see Ange going, sorry, in the next few months, but as Lauren said, he's going to be leaving at some point. Ange is going to be going. we can't forget, he left Yokohama was it halfway through the season, I think. So he's not afraid to leave for his own ambitions. Well, I've still got the trust issues of Brendan Rodgers looming in the back of my mind because he told us everything we wanted to hear. And then he jumped ship at the first opportunity he had. So he's, he's going to go at some point, but the the Cubs, he's been linked with the Leeds, the West Hams, the Everton. So I don't think it's going to be that. I think it'll be for a, mu- a much, much bigger club. A Liverpool would need to be, the sort of prospect that would attract that I think
3: A young Charlie Nicholas would have done well to listen to an old Charlie Nicholas and go to Liverpool himself he chose the wrong the wrong club Lawrence didn't he and it didn't work out too well for Charlie doing at
7: Arsenal Yeah I mean I think Arsenal fans still have fond memories of him but yeah, I think his his flair and style would have been more suited to Liverpool but but I think he was lucky that you know Frank McGarry played alongside made a lot of his goals for him didn't he Frank did be more I mean, most of these strike partners, the tail end of Charlie leaving, his performances had been down a bit, hadn't they? He, he wasn't quite as on as as the beginning of that season. So, yeah, Liverpool might have suited him better, but you know, he was playing alongside some good players up here. They were, were making goals from.
3: Yeah, it definitely was. And again, by the way, I do read the comments that come through, not just during the the actual uh, broadcast, but afterwards when I come back. and And someone said that it's depressing talking about Ange leaving. We're not. We're not saying he's leaving. We're saying he's not ready to leave. He's not going to leave Celtic right now because um, I get what James is saying and I think a lot of Celtic fans are probably still a bit mentally scarred by uh, Rodgers promising us the earth and, as you say, leaving in the death of night. And is a different character, Lawrence. He's proven that. And it's not just, um, you know, giving us the bluster. I mean, what he tells you is from a place um, of his own origin. You know, it's not as though he's just making it up because he knows that he can, uh, you know, play to the... Um, play to the audience he knows exactly what this club is all about because he, he had a similar
7: backstory himself I think Andrew's got a, a way of living his life and he, it kind of matches well with Celtic and what he expects of Celtic players and I would say yeah it's too early for him to leave he will leave at some point but I think he's got a lot to achieve here, and he knows that I don't think he'll leave until he, he'll think he's went as far as he can with Celtic he's achieved something great with him and just now, I don't think he thinks he's achieved something great. Although you know what a massive turnaround it's been, I think he knows he's got he's got a long way to go.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that, Liam. Um, I think that there is a, a strategy in place. He's got ambitions with Celtic, and those ambitions involve European football. Um, so far, you know, the the first season—I've said this before—was almost a free hit. Yeah, players are going to get experience playing in the Europa League. But the way that he was trying to galvanise that side uh, with one arm tied behind his back, you know, it was incredible that we won a double, never mind, didn't make an impact in Europe. And then this season, um, the way that Andrew's explained how, you know, the experience that his players are going to get from those games this time round will, you know, remove a lot of the naivety of the next campaign in the Champions League. just looking towards that. He's still building towards making an impact uh, at that level. And I, I agree with Lawrence. Until that day happens, um, I don't think Andrew's going to consider anything that's on the table there.
5: No, you see, the big difference um, with the Brendan Rodgers comparison is he jumped ship to Leicester, right? With the greatest respect to them, a much smaller club than Celtic. Much smaller in scope, much smaller in ambition. Um. Whereas, you know, Leeds are Leeds are the same, right? You're never going to play in the Champions League with Leeds. Those days are long gone, right? They 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 were another Chelsea. They only artificially became a big club for a while because they were getting millions pumped into them. Um. The reality is that Leeds are, uh, you know, maybe a historically successful club, but not a big Mm. club. Um. And, uh, you know, they will, they will not appeal to, to Ange at all, because the difference between Ange and Brendan Rogers is that Brendan Rogers clearly showed, and, you know, people will have a go at me for saying this, but I'm going to say it. He clearly showed by moving to Leicester that...
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.
1: Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He was money motivated,
5: right? Because there was no other reason to go there, right? Can't win anything. Um, is not going to get to play in Europe. Is not going to attract, you know, top-class European players because apart from money, what can Leicester offer? Um fan base that is you know passionate but limited mm-hmm. uh, whereas celtic the the sky is the limit really if you can somehow get it together and do something mm-hmm. in europe and i get the feeling that ange is more motivated at the prospect of all right and I'm and the, the, he's, he's already the first australian manager that's come to come to europe and done something major with a big club by winning the title Next stop is to do something in Europe. Mm-hmm. And if you look at past successes, the truly great managers, you know, guys like Jose Mourinho, etc. he won his first European titles with Porto. Historically, not a particularly powerful or a particularly big name in European football, right? I think they'd won one European trophy before he went there, and then they won two while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the truly successful, the truly great managers do these things with limited resources, limited budgets, and limited uh, scope, right? Stein winning the European Cup with Celtic. Now, realistically, outside of the Celtic fan base, could anybody in Europe have seen that coming? You know, that, that was not, Scotland was not considered in any way a European footballing power at that time, and yet no. Celtic waltzed in and did it, and did it with style. Um, you know, and to to give them their due, couple you know a couple of years later, the the former Rangers went went and won the, the the Cup Winners' Cup as well. So clearly, Scottish football was on an ascendancy there, which you know Celtic started, and yeah. I think that could you know that could come again. It could come again, and Ange is a type of manager who could make it happen, and I think he sees the potential in Celtic, which is why he came here. And that's why he will be here for a while yet. Yeah,
3: I think that's a great point you make there. I would maybe expand on the Steen element of it, whereby, uh, and I know Lawrence has spoken to some of the players who were at Celtic when Jock arrived in 65. Um, no, none of those, those players would have believed that Celtic could have been a force in Europe. And the fans around about that time didn't believe there could be a force. I spoke to uh, David Potter and Tom Campbell, who have written a lot of books between them about the history of Celtic. And I think Tom started going to watch Celtic in the 40s, Liam. He said, you know, when Jock arrived at Celtic, Europe was a distant kind of over a distant horizon. It was nowhere near in in their kind of frame of mind. But Jock himself had had some success with Dunfermline in Europe. They didn't win a trophy. uh, But the the success he had uh, managed at a a provincial club like Dunfermline was astonishing. And another example of that, you, you used Mourinho, would have been Alex Ferguson at Aberdeen. Yep. So, you know, he did it at Aberdeen and then, you know, he got the real success later on when he goes to Manchester United. So I think it's a tremendous point. I'm also going to bring up this point because I've been called a few things in my time in terms of doppelgangers. But we've got one for James now. Apparently, <laughs> you look like Joachim Lowe. That could
4: be worse. That I, I could I be worse. I've got to I've I mean, <laughs> not,
3: noticed. not <laughs> noticed you doing that. I mean, the best one that I always go back to is Leanne Dempster for me because when I look at the pictures, I I can't disagree with that. Um, We're going to be talking about some of the usual stuff, but also looking ahead to the weekend as well. James, you never got a chance uh, so far anyway on Axon to talk about um, the weekend's performance at St Johnston, And I've I've read a lot of people saying that, you know, the second half was boring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We did the the match day, Liam and I, uh, we did the match day with Kevin McCluskey. I wasn't bored at all. I love If you do the job and then you contain a team and you get some minutes in other legs and, you know, extend the lead in the second half, how can that be boring, James? I, I don't find that boring personally.
4: I think I'm on the side of the majority that you were talking about on Twitter there. It's become a bit of a recurring theme. I don't know if it's just this season, but there's so many times on these sort of Sunday afternoon away games where we completely blow them out of the water in the first half that it makes the second half look. Sort of boring because there was only one goal instead of three or four goals. It was quite confused, but I thought we were sort of very solid. It was, I said on the last broadcast, that it seemed we were just getting by, we were just peeping along. But I think we we put on a show in that first half. We were we we're absolutely brilliant. If I was just describe that game, I song it would be "Daddy Cool Boney M" because Aaron Moy absolutely ran the show. I thought it was oh, yes. Phenomenal, and it's the same thing that we've seen from Adam Moy since we came back from the World Cup break. And I'm, I'm looking a bit ahead here, but for the League Cup final, I think the last time we played Rangers, I think i made the mistake of putting Matt O'Reilly back in the team. We'd all seen Adam Lloyd being in good form, but we're thinking this might be too big a game. So we'll go with the sort of safe choice in Matt O'Reilly, which turned out to be an error because I and most people don't think that Matt O'Reilly had the best game. In that game that I brought, so I hope Ange doesn't make the same mistake twice. And Darren Moy's got a start in that game. He's in our strongest eleven right now. Matt O'Reilly's on the bench in my strongest eleven, and hopefully is in the same boat as me. Sees that and plays Darren Moy in that game. It's a good point,
3: James, because um, you know there, there was a probably a point, Lawrence, where Matt O'Reilly uh, was getting a lot of good. Kind of plaudits. Um, He was able to change position and do so effectively when Callum McGregor was injured. But I, I tend to agree with James on that. I think that was an error. You know, we're allowed to say that uh, after the event. Of course, it's easy to say it with hindsight. I think it was an error. But Moy had approached that game, the Rangers game. Uh, that was just after the 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 Hibs game, wasn't it? When he scored two. Uh, and it wasn't great for him. But do you think the form that he's shown since then will convince Ange that he is ready for a big game against Rangers in a cup final? I hope it does.
7: Listen, I think the form that he's found is probably his all dreaming of a team of noise You know, he's just been absolutely outstanding. You know, and I watched it as a neutral the weekend, and yeah, I've got to say it was a highly entertaining game. Really effective. You know, you went out, you blow them away, you get the lead, the game's won. You know, and it's efficient,
3: ruthless football. Um, how do you watch? How do you watch it as a neutral? Do you do you wear a different top? Do you remove the rosary beads from the television screen, Lawrence? What do you normally do if you're a neutral watching the game?
7: Uh, it's easier to put a red top on that makes me neutral.
3: Right, <laughs> and put a whistle in your mouth. Right, okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Liam, um, (laughs) we're talking about the conversation has gone to Aaron Moy and why not. Um, He's Mm. a guy, obviously, that has certainly had doubters since he came to Celtic, and that's been blown out the water. Um, He really is hitting that forum that, you know, he's in my starting 11. Um, I know there's a discussion point that Ange doesn't have a starting 11. I think there is a core group, and Aaron Moy at the moment is part of that core group for me. Um, Some people have said that. Rio Atati then becomes the one with a question mark about whether or not O'Reilly or Turnbull comes in. Different type of player, if if you ask me. Uh, What's your thoughts on the form of Moy and Atati at the moment?
5: Moy is... uh, I'm so delighted to have been proven completely wrong with that one because I really thought he'd be a back number. I honestly did, and I've been proven completely wrong with that. Um, he's come in and he's been sensational and in terms of can he handle the big games, well, you know, he played for Australia against France in the World Cup, I don't think you get much bigger than that Um, so uh, you know um, fun fact, you know the two finalists, France and Argentina, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Australia were the only team that managed to play both of them in that tournament, so, you know Um, and Aaron Moy was good in both games Um, so I really think that uh, he is sensational at the moment, but looking back to the game, the the New Year game um, against them, uh, we uh, we also missed Greg Taylor for a large part of that game, and I think Greg Taylor is right behind Aaron Moy. For me, the three big players for Celtic at the moment are Moy, Maeda, and um, and Greg Taylor. I think if those three are on the park, we beat whoever is in front of us. Um, no question.
3: Yeah, I think what I like about uh, Taylor is that um, I referenced an interview I listened to last week about being able to look to your left and your right in a dressing room or behind you and in front of you in a, in a tunnel, and just having that belief, James, that you know you're you're going in there with guys that you can really rely upon. And over time, I think Greg Taylor's coming into that category. Um, and with new arrivals coming to the club, and we're talking about a culture, a culture of winning, culture of success, um, and the attitude of uh, Callum McGregor in the dressing room, who obviously runs the dressing room, I think you also look at guys now um, at, like Greg Taylor as having leadership qualities, people that you can rely upon week on, week out. I'm going to come to our neutral uh, Lawrence in the bottom left in a second. I know he's been a fan and a champion of Greg Taylor for some time. But a lot of the Celtic fans weren't big fans of Greg Taylor. But, you know, um, over a period of time, he has become one of those guys you can really rely on week in, week out.
4: Yeah, if we're just on the topic of being proven wrong about Celtic players, I remember, I think it was in this last summer, I was saying, these Champions League games, these teams are going to target Greg Taylor, and these big games are going to target him. I thought he absolutely excelled in the Champions League this season. I'm absolutely delighted. To have been proven wrong by that, I thought he was one of our stronger players over the course of that campaign. He's been our most consistent player, I'd say, this season. Maybe Tamar Kyogo would be my most consistent player. And we saw he was a big miss when we had Bernabe playing at left-back. And even in the 2-2 the of the Derby, we brought on Juranovic, which we all agreed was a bit of a crazy decision in hindsight. But we missed Greg Taylor in that game i yeah. have gone from being worried about Greg Taylor, oh, I don't know about him starting this game, to we need him. He has to be there in our team for these big games. It shows the turnaround he's had. And when he came in, he spoke about how important it would be to have some form of continuity. And players like Callum McGregor, Greg Taylor, James Forrest have been vital to that. Because as much as the squad needed a revamp, he still needed to have people there that got Celtic and got the colours. and mm. these players have, have proven that the sort of reliable players that have been here for so long are still proving their worth
3: Yeah for sure I mean I'm going to come to you Lawrence because I know you stood up for Greg Taylor um, in the face of some derision I guess for some time you were always a fan um, but how satisfying is it when you see a player that's been here for a few seasons now becoming one of the leaders within the group whereby previously I think a couple of years ago you know if he had left there would have been a lot of people quite happy with that
7: well listen it's great to see any player develop in an excel accepted maybe the changing system suit him more than most yeah. you know being an ex-midfielder he's, he's kind of invented fullbacks. maybe placed his strengths more when he was a Kamalak under Stevie Clark a manager that gave a lot of instruction he done well he's got another manager that gives a lot of instruction he's doing well mm-hmm. You know, Lenny wasn't famous for giving a lot of instruction other than go out there at the times. You know, you even saw Carl Mark after some games going, "Well, we didn't know what I might be doing out right there." Yep. So, yeah, it's probably see great doing well. He's got, he's got a manager that gives instruction. He, we know he what works well in that situation. Yeah. But I like the way he's got guys in front of him. You know, that's an important relationship. He's got Carol Starfield, a self You know, defensive partner to right. These things all help push him on and better as a player. You know, it's not Christopher Ayer or, or Shane Duffy right anymore, you, you know what I mean? So, th- there's a lot of things coming into it and I think more above anything else is Taylor's workness, work weight you know, and willingness to learn. That's really what, you know where it comes from because he never gives less than 100%. He's always you know bang at it, never hides in the park. And, you know, he's getting his rewards. It's great to see.
3: Yeah, I think when you're Ange Borster Cogley walking into that dressing room uh, when he's first taking the job, you're looking about, looking for who, who are my leaders here and obviously you identify the main one in Callum McGregor. Um, I think we then brought in a couple uh, in Joe Hart and probably James McCarthy you know, looking at the experience of James Forrest, but then there's a couple of players that have come to fruition who you probably didn't consider as leaders and even Tony Ralston um, and Greg Taylor now I think, you know, any new guys coming in, they're the ones who are going to be showing them what Celtic are all about and on a day-to-day basis how you conduct yourself as a player both on and off the park and I think it's tremendous I'm really loving the fact that, that um, he's proven a lot of people wrong James included obviously Amy Canavan was always a big fan James and she never ever reminds of of the, the fact that she and uh, Lauren set up the Greg Taylor fan club um, what's his, what's the latest with the Yakimakis drama James has there been any um, exit by Yakimakis? I was looking this
4: morning nothing so far no I saw and said these pressure these pressure. If you look at Instagram you're likely to know more about the deal than him. And I quick glance at Instagram last night I saw he'd posted an edit of himself with black a black and white filter on it with some sad music over it. So I think that tells us everything that he's posted is melodramatic, goodbye video on his Instagram story. He also posted a flight as well, he was on a plane. So mm. It's, we said on the Deadline Day broadcast last week that the MLS dead transfer deadline, it goes far longer than January 31st. So there's plenty of time for that to get wrapped up and just doesn't consider myself to play anymore. The fact they made that sort of sly dig about the Instagram you'll know before him makes me think that he's left on maybe lesser good terms than Juranovic left. Yeah. Maybe just has... Something to say about that, there was a bit more behind the scenes than we know about, but he was just a player that was unhappy not being played. A player in his prime years, 28, he's not going to have long left at the top level, you want to be starting every single game. He's got a Champions League group stage goal in his back pocket as well, and he'll be wanting to push you on and start, and he wasn't getting that Celtic. So if he wants to go to the MLS, make all of the money, set his family up for the future, I can't really talk that to him.
3: No, absolutely. I prefer it when people leave a bit of class, Liam. I mean, even Abelgard and Jens were able to...
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
3: You do that. It's unfortunate for a player when you look at his record, 26 goals and 57 appearances for Celtic. a mm-hmm. uh, Very good record to walk away with. But it's interesting the point that James makes here about, and just checked out on Yakimaakis, isn't he? He's, I mean, we've spoken about a ruthlessness and and shows it from time to time. I think he's shown it here. You're done. You're finished.
5: Yeah, the other thing is, Jack Amakis. if he's smart, he'll shut his mouth and get off his social media because uh, if I'm a manager looking at possibly signing a player like that, I don't want to sign someone who goes into for these theatrical melodramatics. You know, um, that's that's toxic to any dressing room atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he hasn't, unless he's actually signed the contract already, he could be careful because he, he could end up talking himself out of a deal here if he keeps uh Keeps up with the, the the needless drama. Yeah, and as James was saying, it's April before the
3: MLS transfer window closes. Lawrence, can you imagine social media back in early, back in the eighties, in the nineties? What kind of trouble some of the players might have got into? Yeah,
7: I think social media then was just talking to people in the pub. <laughs> you know what would uh, Be crazy, mate. Yeah, the cameras out there. Oh, yeah. Glad it's not. Glad they weren't about. But yeah, it's definitely checked out. in And as Liam says, you know, would you want to bring one to your club? He's got that, and I think you know, Yakimakis when he moved he was a Turkey, the Greece. Early, there was Turkey early in his career it didn't really work out for him, wasn't it? Didn't get many games. So, you know, it's sad it's not worked out for him, but he was given minutes and he wasn't doing better on Kiogo and that that was his target. And if it's not part of the future, I think that just went was part of the past. Just you know, we've got a new boy in, yeah, I've got one. We move on. You know, there's one constant at Celtic and Ange just wants us to improve. Mm-hmm. And it, clearly, Yakamakis isn't part of that. So, yeah, move
3: on to the game. Farewell. I love that ruthlessness about Ange. I really do. And I'm not saying every manager's got it, but, um, you know, some people who worked with the likes of Jockstein and Alex Ferguson certainly say they had a, a ruthlessness about them. And um, if has also got that and gets any, anywhere near the kind of level of success that those two got, I'll be happy. Ange is hot property, absolutely. It shows you just how good a job he is doing and um, we've also got Jerry uh, saying it's the media trying to upset us they are trying to upset us but I just don't think they've got the same power that they once did you know what we're talking about before Liam they just don't have the same power to upset us because you can have your own narrative, you can speak and broadcast to your own audience um, and, and I think you can deal with it a different way now
5: Yeah but the problem is with any any sort of regime change which is what's happening in mainstream media now it's being supplanted by by fan media by the internet and by um sort of self-generating content um they're not going quietly you know there's always the 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 the, the, uh, the last embers if you like that, that that will try and burn on for far much far longer than they should I mean you know I started out as a copyboy at the herald in 2000 and back even back then back then my the deputy editor at the time my mentor uh kevin mckenna told me he said print journalism's dying that was that you know that was that was 22 years ago he mm-hmm. told me print journalism's dying get into something else you know and he saw he saw it coming even then good guy kevin isn't he good guy not seen him for a great many years, but I uh, hope hope he's keeping well. It uh, Taught me a lot in those first couple of years of journalism, I can tell you that much. He edited my Quality Street Gang book. Um, <laughs> oh, he did,
3: yeah, he did. And he did it in super quick time as well, which was tremendous. And uh, it's mm-hmm. always good to catch up with him as well. Some more comments coming in. Pat Dolan, I think you get one chance with Ange. Um, I like it. Absolutely. I bet you a lot of players don't like it. Um, and we've also got Martin O'Neill. All top coaches have a ruthless streak. It's what keeps players on it. Um, yeah, okay. And Neil would
4: know better than anybody.
3: Yeah, Martin would know. Loyalty is the key for Ange. Well, I think we've already seen, James, what happens if you don't have that ruthless streak. If you do keep a player at the club longer than they should be there. I mean, it, it seems to infiltrate the mood within the, the, the dressing room.
4: Yes, we saw far too many examples of that under the previous regime beforehand, the darker times. But ever since sunshine and rainbows now with Ajposta Coglu's Celtic, there's, if the most we've got to worry about with this Celtic team is the media are trying to stir up some speculation about our manager. It shows how good a situation Celtic are in. There's no, there's no problems here. And the problem that we had, maybe an unhappy striker, it was replaced and dealt with in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. We are in such a good position here. And I just want to make a wee point when we're speaking about the Premier League and managers. I think we've been underrating the allure that the Premier League has in modern football. If a manager like Unai Emery is the example I'm going to use, three or four-time Europa League winner, if he's going to go to an Aston Villa team at the bottom of the table, if Everton, uh, this was a few years back, but if Everton can appoint three-time Champions League winning Carlo Angelotti, managers are attracted to the Premier League the money and it's the top league in football at the moment so as much as we don't want to think about Ange going to a team like a Leeds or a West Ham it could be a real possibility we thought Brendan was a man for years to come and he went to Leicester these teams they might not seem as glamorous they don't have the fans or the culture that Celtic has but money talks the Premier League is basically the Super League of football at the moment so we can't underrate the allure that the Premier League has to modern managers. James, I think it's an excellent point to counterbalance what
3: we're, we're trying to say. Uh, Lawrence, I'll come to you on that one then. There is there is an allure, there is an attraction to the uh, the riches of the, the EPL. It's a very se- sexy box office division. And some of the examples uh, James has given there will have some people quaking in their boots about Ange. Um, I think the big thing about the example we've had with Brendan Rodgers... Going to, going to Leicester, is that the relationship was fractured at that stage between R- Rodgers and Celtic. And, you know, at this moment in time, Anne seems happy, Lawrence. Um, he and Michael Nicholson are clearly singing from the same hymn sheet when it comes to recruitment and also the transition period of and the churn rate of players coming and going you know, Juranovic being a prime example of that, others will follow in the fullness of time, and trying to get our way thinking into the same as that of the clubs, whereby we can't be too disappointed when it happens. And Ange has told us to prepare herself uh, to lose a few heroes along the way. Uh, but what do you make of what James is saying there? Uh, do you think it makes any difference in the case of Ange Postecoglou, the
7: Lawrence? So, so on the point of the, the riches down there, I suppose, you know, it's something in the loop for silver, some for gold, but I don't think that's what Ange looking for. He's looking to achieve in football. So it's not necessarily the riches that's going to attract him. No leads are going to more money than us to spend just now because of the TV money. That not attract Ange. It's about what he can achieve personally in football. That's what I think drives him, not the pursuit of riches. So will it be the EPL that he thinks will be the epoch of his career? Maybe you know depends what he does with us in Europe you know he, he might achieve great things with us in Europe and think you know I'm just going to hang around a bit longer but you know he will leave at some point in the future and would it be surprised if it was EPL no would it be surprised if it was a Leeds or, Le- or Leicester definitely
3: Interesting. I, I want to know, though, about this other level. It's another level, Liam, that uh, Ange uh, wants to take Celtic to, wants to take his own football managerial career to as well. And I think next season is going to be the the, the prime time to do that because, you know, we're uh, fighting domestically on three fronts at the moment. We're in a final, top of the league, nine points. And obviously the Scottish Cup's got a wee bit to go. Uh, we will discuss the game at the weekend as well. If you win a treble, for example, and then you're going into a Champions League group again next season. What is that other level? What do you do next season that shows that you're making progression?
5: Well, I mean, straight up, progression would be moving from fourth to third in a group. I don't think for a minute Ange would settle for that, but getting third place and then getting through a couple of rounds of the the Europa League would be progress. Um, You know, I think... That we have the squad at the moment. That if we did end up in the Europa League, uh, I think we could have a decent tilt at that tournament. I mean, <laughs> a team far worse than the one we've got right now got to the final last year. So you never know, you know. Um, I honestly think we we could have a serious go at winning that tournament if we ended up in it. The Champions League is is a completely different matter, but. That's the the quandary. As as fans, what would you rather have? Would you rather have getting to the last sixteen of the Champions League and then getting a doing off of a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, um, or finishing third in the group and getting to maybe the semi-finals of the of the Europa League? You know mm-hmm. what what would be what would be a, a better barometer for progress? I think you know, having more big European nights, seeing off some good European teams would be uh, a good milestone. Because Celtic are, at our current level, we're a competitive Europa League team. We're not quite at the level to be a competitive Champions League team yet, I don't think. And there's going to have to be a change in the financial landscape of of British football, realistically, before Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. The thing is, Liam, you asked the question. On a personal level, I want
3: to see Celtic in a European final and I agree with you, that the likelihood you know, in terms of where we are and the level that we're at, you're looking at that Europa League and you think yeah, it's doable, it's been proven to be doable out of our Scottish game, um, mm-hmm. and Celtic are a far superior side to the one who made it to the final um, just recently. So, yeah, I want to see us in a European final. I want to experience that with my own boy. Uh, that's kind of like my ambition as a Celtic fan. So, in answer to your question, I'd rather that than mm-hmm. last 16 of the Champions League. James, what would your take on that be?
4: Um, just on, and I'm the same boat as you. I don't think until there's some sort of European strides made, and leave, I think you'll see that as stones unturned. But I've, I've just got a question: What do you make of if we were to reach a Conference League final? How high would that rank in your regard? Because that's the new competition. It's still an unknown quantity. We saw Roma won it last year. The fans were going absolutely crazy, and Jose Mourinho who has won Champions Leagues and won Europa Leagues, Jose Mourinho was in tears after the Conference League final. So if Celtic were to get there, where would that sort of rank in your regard? I still think there's only three teams win a European trophy
3: every year. So if you win it, it's a huge accolade. That's where I am with it. I want to see us in a European final. And if it's the Conference League and we win it, I'll be like one of the Roma fans. I I will be loving it uh, 100%. Lawrence, what's your take on it? You grew up in a kind of similar era to me where it was all looking back at a European pedigree rather than where we were in the 80s and into the 90s. But now we are legitimately talking about making progress in Europe. Um, What is that to you? What has taken it to another level? Well,
7: I I, I don't remember us beating Juventus and Ajax when I was growing up. You know, we're turning on some decent European performances. Uh, I think David Hayes' team was really unlucky in Europe. For us... Conference, I think I'd struggle to watch it as a neutral, you know, and maybe you pick a side. But, yeah, it'd be great to get to the final and win it. You know, especially if you win it, you know, if you get to the final, it's good, but if you win it, it'd be outstanding. As you said, there's only three teams win it. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be magnificent. But I think Ange, I think he'll concentrate on the tournament he's in one game at a time. He won't be saying, well, if we're not, we'll do this. I think he'll be solely concentrated on Champions League who's the next team how am I going to beat them mm-hmm. how am I going to draw how am I going to keep the score down how am I going to beat them and I think that's what he approaches every game
3: Well I was talking about a period from 1980 Lawrence right up until Martin O'Neill takeover where Celtic didn't play in Europe after Christmas 20 years and Martin O'Neill incidentally will be joining me on stage at the end of this month and it's one of the, the gigs that I'm going to be extremely nervous about because I still hold him in such high regard, and part of that is the fact he took us to a European final. Can Ange Poster Coglu do it next? I hope he can. Um, there's a few other events coming up. Alan Thompson, if you want to come and see us at Gracie's. Lawrence was there for the Brian McClare gig, uh, the boy from Seville 20 years later. Alan Thompson will be on a stage, and tickets are going really fast. Uh, the link is under this video. We're also uh, working alongside One Star, who have um, a, a big event coming up in May. At the uh, Armadillo in Glasgow, and it's a tribute to Vim Jansen and the team that stopped the 10, or uh, some people like to say it's the team that won the one. Uh, the Smell the Glove team, um, there's going to be some very special guests there, and uh, you can win two VIP tickets, a meet and greet, uh, no less, with the full cast of legends on the night simply by subscribing to. The channel. So get into YouTube, subscribe to the channel. It's all free. You'll be in a prize draw if you're an existing subscriber. You're already in the draw for that one as well. Um, and hopefully once a week for the next three weeks, we'll have a member of that team on Axon. Uh, this Thursday, we're going to start off with Simon Donnelly. So get your questions ready for Simon Donnelly. Michael Cain won't be on Axon but Kevin Ferrier <laughs> reminds us that he was in Escape to Victory uh, and Liam's not going to be able to forget about that top in a hurry <laughs> Thanks everybody for getting involved, it's been a very quick hour, we've been talking about Ange and the fact that he's going to stay at, Celt- at Celtic until he gets us into a European final, I'm quite happy with that, I hope you are as well Thanks everybody for getting involved and thank you to James McKenzie, Liam Carrigan and Lawrence Connolly for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
2: Sports Social Podcast Network 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 Sports Social, Social Podcast Network
1: Step into the world of power loyalty